BuzzFeed's Internet Explorer is a podcast that contains adult themes, much like the HGTV show Property Brothers and the thoughts I have about what I would like to see the Property Brothers do to each other. When I watch Property Brothers, what I'm thinking about that's really adult is like, wow, like how much does that mortgage cost? Hmm, is this a good sound real estate investment? No, no, no. I was thinking about them kissing. I was thinking about the brothers kissing each other. All right. Well, uh, carry on. Either way, if you either fantasize about television characters kissing. I just fantasize about brothers of all kinds kissing, whether they're on TV or not. What about the Mario brothers? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would love to see uh, Mario, Luigi, Wario, and Waluigi all have sex with each other. All right. There you go. This podcast also has swears in it. Hello and welcome to Internet Explorer, a podcast brought to you by BuzzFeed. I'm reporter Ryan Broderick. I'm Katie Notopoulos. And we have something very interesting to talk to you about, which kind of blew my mind when Katie told me about it. So, Katie, can you tell our audience about today's guest? Because I feel like it's going to be a lot for them to wrap their heads around. Yeah, so... We're going to have on today Jason Wright, who's BuzzFeed's security expert. And what that means is, like, he's kind of in charge of making sure that we don't get murdered. It's a full-time job. (laughs) He mostly works with, like, our sort of foreign correspondents. You know, they're in other countries, you know, on their own. But it turns out, like, he's actually, like, an old-school internet nerd. His theory is that the bigger danger to journalists like us is not ISIS, it's actually like crazy people from the internet murdering us because we wrote about feminism. Which, you know, kind of is perfect and plays into the whole theme of this podcast, which is an ongoing exploration of the true horror of the world, which is bored white teenage men. Right, exactly. And I thought that was fascinating. And he's coming from a place where he intimately knows the internet so well. Like, he's not just like, oh, I heard Reddit's a bad place. Like, he knows everything about it. Like, he's seen all the stuff. Right. Um, we're going to have him come on and talk about some of that stuff. Uh, if you love thinking about BuzzFeed people being murdered, you will love this episode. Yeah, and uh, definitely stick around for the end of the episode. We'll be giving you uh, not only our home addresses, but the access code to get into the BuzzFeed office. So feel free <laughs> to just come in and murder us. A uh, hot new meme, it's called Murdering BuzzFeed Employees. So definitely yeah. <laughs> stick around for that. Jason, I have two questions to begin with. One, how many people have you killed? And B, how are you going to protect the people who are trying to kill me? Wait, wait, before you answer, if you tell us, will you have to kill us? (laughs) Yeah. Well, so you guys have already burned like the two most obvious cliches one could have for a security person. So, and yeah, I guess the answer is that um, all of, I would probably get all the internet to, you know. Okay. Have to well, try J- to kill you okay. If if you are um, familiar with what Jason does, he's got a very particular set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that was number two, I think. So, yeah. have yeah. you ever used the phrase "I have a very particular set of skills"? And was it during your job interview? Yeah, actually, it was, <laughs> and I put my finger down yeah. firmly on the table. Um, I would just, you know, as this is like a good advice for young people. If you're ever in a job interview, you should use the phrase, I have a very particular set of skills. And if you can't tell by my voice, it's almost exactly like Liam Neeson. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so how did you how did you become a global security director? I came to BuzzFeed kind of reverse from a lot of people, which mm-hmm. is to say that I was living in Turkey. I had a media consulting company there. Mm-hmm. And... Most of the work that we were doing was protecting journalists that were working in places like Syria and Iraq, et cetera. 
And so uh, BuzzFeed was one of my first clients. And when I was introduced to BuzzFeed, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just another one of these media organizations that works in Syria and Iraq. And then uh, after a while, I discovered, oh, this is other part of BuzzFeed, you know, the... Uh, ah, <laughs> you were like, huh, I've been checking out this site and there's yeah. some other stuff yeah, on here. Yeah, it seems here. like there, there must be some small office somewhere in New York. Looks like BuzzFeed isn't just world news and excellent on-the-ground reporting in conflict zones. It's also cat videos. <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> yeah. And I guess one of the, like, first tasks that I had was going about sort of retooling my security approach, I guess you would, which is to say that, like, not everyone who works here needs to be wearing a flak jacket all the time, right? And right. Uh, I wear a helmet when I blog. I blog from a flak jacket. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I appreciate that you came here yeah. with one and yes. a helmet. That yes. does make me feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. But by and large, there's a different approach. And there's also different threats, I think, that people have to deal with, obviously, when you're doing like different kind of work. People who are writing at, at this point now, and especially BuzzFeed, people who are writing about almost any topic, but especially topics that are related to sort of culture and feminism Mm -hmm. and things like that, you tend to get a lot of hate. I think a lot of people would be surprised to think that coming from your background, you would start to like assess the threat level of like what is essentially like shitty teenage boys and men on like the same level you would be doing like security for like Middle East reporting. You know, that is a good question. That's kind of like and frankly, I've I've had to myself pitch that idea around (laughs) because people are like, really? The answer is the answer is twofold. I think on the on the one hand, when you send a guy into Syria, right, it's pretty clear who's trying to kill him and it's pretty clear why they're trying to kill him, right? Mm-hmm. And that journalist also sort of accepts on themselves kind of like a security regime that's a little bit more onerous than maybe what most people would uh, be willing to put on themselves because that's what you do, right? But here in New York, the thing that I'm trying to, the, and I don't think any other media organization right now is confronting this, or at least not yet, and they, they soon will have to, is that when you reach a certain level of uh, readership, you can write about, like, you know, what do you prefer to put on your hot dog, ketchup or mustard? Uh-huh. And you're going to get a lot of haters from that. Uh, actually, uh, actually, miss, it's, it's mustard, not ketchup, uh, actually. Right. So, like, so now imagine a million voices all doing that, and... and what I'm trying, what I've been trying to explore lately, is kind of the idea is to say that, like, out of that million, how many of these people are like so unhinged that maybe there is actually a threat? And part of that context is to say, and this is really where the tricky part is, it's the marriage between sort of the idea, the article, and the byline, the person who wrote it. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that immediately pops into my mind is Elliot Roger. Elliot Roger, for people who don't remember, was a- about a year, year and a half ago. He was a young man in college who shot a bunch of people on his college campus. Women. He shot women. It was sort of this crazy thing. He was like a lone gunman, and they found this long video suicide note of him sort of going off about how he hated women because... Women never talked to him, and he was a virgin, and he was sad and lonely. And a lot of this was sort of regurgitating these things that the PUA, pickup artist community, men's rights people say. So there's certainly a lot of research going all the way back to, obviously, Columbine, right, Mm. about why young people do things like this. The thing that I'm particularly trying to hone in on is where do Internet trolls fit into that picture? Where do communities that foster... Because Pua hate, just to clarify, I wouldn't consider it a traditional hate forum. Pua hate uh, stands for pickup artist hate, and it was Elliot Rogers' like home message board sort of place where you hung out. And their whole thing is, we've talked about them previously before, but their whole thing is they hate pickup artists because they can't figure out how to do it. They're, they're beta as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Pua hate actually kind of like they haunt me a little bit because I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but I discovered a Twitter account called Pua hate text TXT. And it's like one of those accounts that just tweets out like phrases from the board. And it was a Twitter account that I would read like every day for over a year because I thought it was the funniest thing I had ever read because it was just unhinged nonsense. And when Elliot Roger happened, it scared the, it still kind of scares me how I just was reading that and being like, oh, that's just craziness. And then for him to do that, you know, it still kind of blows my mind. There's a lot of people that are talking right now, especially, um, you know, these past few uh, months about what happened at Reddit and about sort of getting rid of what they described as, you know, their offensive uh, subs or, mm-hmm. you know, their hate speech. But what's of particular interest to me is actually not just what happens within those spaces, but what happens when they leak out are people who might have some deep, deep, deep seated psychological problems being triggered in a certain way to lash out at a certain group. So I wanted to get your opinion on this because uh, I've been kind of holding this story and I can't re- I have to change the names in it, but I think you'll find this very interesting. And I'd love to get your opinion. So. I had a friend who accidentally became part of Gamergate. Accidentally. (laughs) How do you accidentally (laughs) become part of Gamergate? So my friend Pete, let's call him Pete. He works in a southern state and he works in IT. Um, He is in his early 20s and I hadn't seen him for a while. And he comes to a, a party of mine in New York, which I have a lot of friends that are journalists. And this was last October. So Gamergate was like right at its peak. And my friend Pete is walking around telling people uh, the newest things he's heard within Gamergate. And what we discovered is that because of where he was living, because of what he was doing, because of his job, because of whatever, he's a white guy, all of his news came via Reddit. He doesn't, he's not on Facebook. He's not on Twitter. He's not on any other social media except for Reddit. So all he was getting was the Reddit side of Gamergate. Oh, God. So I had to sit with him in a park in Brooklyn the next day and basically like deprogram him and try to explain to him that it is not about ethics in gaming journalism. And this dude is liberal. Like this dude has voted for Barack Obama at both elections. Reddit is such a classic example of like what people call, I guess, like the new liberal misogyny, which is to say that it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reddit is like super liberal about a, a, a whole choice of issues until it hits on things that kind of interrupt their clear state of majority power. Right. So that's why All Lives Matter is really huge on Reddit, where at the same time, Reddit loves Bernie Sanders. If you're like a educated middle class white male, then you could be really liberal up until that line. I mean, that's a criticism of Reddit, I think. That Yeah, and know. he he has since distanced himself from Reddit. And it, it started with the conversation, my friend Pete, the conversation we had about how he was accidentally part of an online hate group. And then... He finally kind of gave it up after <laughs> the Ellen Pow stuff because when they started, so what happened if you weren't following it, the CEO of Reddit, Ellen Pow, massive blowback. They start like protesting the things that she wants to bring to the site. She has since left the site. We could basically spend hours detailing this whole meltdown, but basically they flooded the front page of Reddit with racist nonsense. And my friend Pete was just like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm out. This is crazy. Like I'm not, this is not what I think. This is not how I feel. I wonder if like moments like that will trigger more of like people to leave in that way, you know? Well, yeah. And I I wonder, too, if the people that stay behind or the people that are behind that kind of thing are really just, I guess, one of the interesting analogies that people often use when discussing these kinds of things. This also works, by the way, sort of when you're discussing geopolitics. It's a bit of a 
of um, a fallacy in, in mm-hmm. that way, if you would. But it's that, is it like an argument in the home? And it's sort of like I would say things at home that maybe I wouldn't say kind of out on the street. So it's like if I'm having an argument with my girlfriend or with my parents or with someone in my family, it's like, yeah, you'll say some shit that maybe you didn't mean or that came out a certain way, but it's like, oh, I wouldn't really say this to like some random person right. in the street. Like how yeah. earlier you uh, confided in me that you think fedoras are awesome and that you are yeah. considering well, getting one. Uh, well, more, more is what yeah. I confided. You're yeah. confided in getting several more fedoras. I have a, I, yeah, it's a bespoke yeah. uh, tailor yeah. in London. <laughs> so one, one of the things that happened with Gamergate was that the Gamergaters in particular were very mad at Gawker Media and in particular one person, Sam Biddle, who is a great guy, but he said something wrong on Twitter that enraged Gamergate, and they sort of created this war against Gawker and against Sam. So Gawker Media recently moved offices to a you know a new office building, and all of a sudden on Twitter, some guy who's a Gamergater starts tweeting, "Oh my God, Gawker Media is in my new office," and is like taking pit. He's like, "What? What do you guys think I should go say to Sam Biddle?" And he was like taking pictures of the people who worked there when they were outside on their smoke breaks and stuff. And it was actually pretty scary. Um, that's it, I that's mean, very my, scary. Yeah, in my opinion, that like here's a guy who works in another company in your building who hates you so much that he is like potentially going to go well, confront you. I'll and tell you what what I think makes it that that situation particularly scary, and mm-hmm. it's not that guy and I don't think necessarily that that individual right. perhaps is, is you know unhinged right I mean something. presumably he's a you know professional who goes to an office in New York City right. he's probably not what, a deranged right. maniac the danger though and this is again where the internet introduces new dangers that that traditionally mm-hmm. didn't exist before is the crowdsourced nature of the right. way doxing works right and doxing for this point and I'm making this very clear doxing is is a threat of implied violence mm-hmm. period right what else like why else? What else are you doing other than like taking personally identifiable information about someone right. so that you can find them and then leaving it there and saying like, all right, you know, you do with it, you do with it what you will. Mm-hmm. Right. So the understanding is that there is that maybe this guy who's taking pictures of Rocker's offices isn't going to do anything, but somebody else might as well. And like, even if that guy isn't a maniac, like a lot of people do and say and act very weirdly when thousands of people are cheering them on. Exactly. Like right. that to me is like one of the most remarkable things about like online harassment is the snowball effect can like warp even the perception of the normal person who accidentally started it, you know? You're absolutely right. And I think that that cheerleader effect has an impact. I guess like what we still need to figure out via Elliot Rogers or the guy who shot uh, Gabrielle Giffords and some of the other individuals is... What is that linkage between their radicalization, if that's happening, and then the final, like, fateful step that they took towards violence and towards actual violence? And I think that what's particularly difficult, and we don't really have, there's not a lot of data, right, because these things are mm-hmm. thankfully somewhat rare, but but I imagine that there probably is a lot of data that's that's happening sort of on a micro level in, like, schools, in colleges, and in high schools around the country, right? So, like, imagine you've got the cross-section of all the different types of people who are also the targets of this kind of online rhetoric. And then you wonder, I wonder how these people are being impacted now. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is, these are open questions, and I'm actually trying to kind of find the answer. Yeah, like what happens when the, like, 19-year-olds on Reddit become, like, 40-year-olds? Right. Right. Well, that's a a particularly (laughs) terrifying... (laughs) (laughs) Reddit dad... And but and you know Jason before before you go I want to bring it even back to like your initial entry into this world 
what always makes me kind of laugh and be scared at the same time, like so much of the internet, is how like Reddit and like places like ISIS Twitter have a very similar like language of ex- like inclusivity <laughs> and like you you'll see like uh, a Pepe covered in Arabic with like the the black mask on and it's a meme about like how hard it is, you know, like well, I and uh, frankly, actually, that's the stuff that's sort of taking the piss out of uh, out of groups like ISIS. And I actually love that the Arab internet is incredibly sarcastic <laughs> and very like meme heavy. It's kind of great, mm-hmm. um, you know. So maybe for your next meme assignment, you should go to Syria. I think I should go to Syria for memes. I gotta go. I gotta go. Um, um, we'll take care of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have I have a quick question just right off the top of your head. Who is more likely to kill Ryan, Reddit or ISIS? Uh, I was about to say, th- why can't it be both? <laughs> and can, can it be a race to there, end Ryan's there, life? Could there be a redditor that, or, or like a redditor who's redditing from like ISIS-controlled Raqqa in Syria? And- I'm wonder. I'm waiting for the first Gamergator to like go down the wrong series of clicks and accidentally become yeah, like the beheading not. guy in ISIS. And he he was like an IT manager from like like uh, like the like Kansas, and he's like, <laughs> oh man, I live in Syria now, and I don't know how this happened, but I just wanted the new. Sony PlayStation to be better. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so one of the scary things about online harassment and when people have had someone threatening them online is that sort of the police can't really help that much, and that's sort of a mix of the police don't really understand the internet, and also it's kind of hard to they totally don't get it if it's an anonymous person. How they they don't know how to to get well, at it. Well, the truth is, is that. It's not just the police. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody has a truly good answer yet. I've a few times had to call different police departments mm-hmm. to to just like inform them of what I believed was going to be an imminent swatting. Okay. Uh, swatting, which is calling the 911 and saying that there's like a hostage situation at somebody's house that you've doxxed. And then, of course, you know, there isn't. Katie did it to Julia, uh, our producer, last night, actually. So Julia, actually, I'm um, sorry, is, is in police custody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. right well, now. so the police, when I mm-hmm. when I called, like it was it was definitely every single time it's been like, you know, swatting. What's that? And then kind of having to explain. And then the craziest part about it is having to explain to like the incredulous sort of detective or whoever where you're like someone's like no nobody nobody really does that and it's like yes they do and like you should know about it but primarily if you're looking at safety from online harassment it's the the tough answer is that there is there really isn't a very good approach obviously i think that the number one rule for almost anything regarding trolls is the best one right which is don't feed them Mm. right and if you just don't reply and don't engage you tend to kind of take away most of the power that people who are trying to harass online I sometimes tell a lot of our journalists that sometimes even if someone starts is engaging with you in sort of a uh, normal or traditional fashion, but then they switch over, it's like that doesn't require you. You're not obligated under any terms to keep talking to somebody yeah. if they're being harassment. And then the next point is what is harassment? And frankly, that's your decision, right? Yeah. You know, if something makes you uncomfortable, then that's obviously all it needs to be. The authorities, when you're dealing in cases of people who don't know each other and haven't met in real life, the authorities are really ill-equipped to handle mm-hmm. that kind of harassment. And it's it's sort of incumbent on like the average internet user to find proactive solutions that they use themselves because the police aren't going to be able to help. Unless, you know, the irony being to bring it back to like the ISIS thing. If you said, <laughs> oh, some guy's like tweeting harassing things at me and it was in Arabic, then, you know, it's like, <laughs> that, you know, I'm sure that they'll find themselves on the next train to Guantanamo. But, you Let know. me call the president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you are being harassed online by somebody 
who you don't know, dox yourself, right? Mm-hmm. See what see what information is available. See what personal information is available about you online already. And just a tip when you're doing that is not to do a Google search because that'll serve you um, personalized results. But either like open an incognito window or use a search engine like DuckDuckGo, and 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 poke around a little bit and see what you know what information is out there. Because if someone's just being a dick on the internet, or if someone's being particularly violent, your best protection online is the idea that you're you know behind a username or you're behind some sort of mask that uh-huh. protects you from this person actually finding you. Great. In my case, and also in Ryan's, we blog always from behind the Guy Fox mask. Um, <laughs> That's we right. We are legion. <laughs> we will not be ignored. Um, Jason, thank you so much for every day putting your body on the line to keep That's me right. and Ryan safe. I'm um, a gentle giant. Thank you for uh, making me incredibly frightened <laughs> all the time about everything. If anyone has any feedback for this podcast, you can, instead of emailing us at internetexplorer.buzzfeed.com, at BuzzFeed.com. You can just come to our offices and murder us. Yeah. Um, that's that's option B. Um, our, our address is... <laughs> send, send an email to Internet Explorer at BuzzFeed.com and we'll get you on the guest list so you can come up and kill us. Yeah, yeah. Please. We, we do have a security, uh, you know, office security in place where you can't just walk into the building, um, but we'll take care of that. Yeah. Frankly, I welcome death at the hands of anyone who's listened to this podcast. I, you probably want to kill me. If you wire me 69 bitcoins, I will be able to get you into the BuzzFeed office so you can murder Katie. Jason, thank you so much thank again. Thank you, guys. It was um, my pleasure. And, you know, stay safe out there on the net, everyone. <laughs> If some of the stuff you heard this week uh, like really hit home for you and you feel like you've seen that part of the internet horribly so, please share that with us. At, uh, our email is internetexplorer at buzzfeed.com. And if you feel like there's a site that has been giving you some trouble and we didn't cover it, please let us know. Part of the Internet Explorer motto is to find all of the bad parts. <laughs> and I want to thank our guest, Jason Reich, for coming in and just horrifying me to my very core. I want to thank our producer... Julia Furlan for just, you know, kicking back, not really doing anything. And I mean, I think at one point I saw her just making one of those like house of cards you see in cartoons. Yeah, that was weird, but honestly kind of impressive. Yeah, definitely. Because it, it, it was also spelling out the words you suck at the top, like in cards. So that was really. I think that was aimed at you, to be honest, Ryan, not me. I mean, yeah, I, I felt like I sucked pretty hard this episode. If you think yeah. I suck really hard, you should definitely hurl lots of abuse at me <laughs> to the email internetexplorer@buzzfeed.com or the Twitter account iExplore. I swear to God we're going to get better at using it. I also gave out the username and password to a bunch of children, so they also just use it all day long too. And at the very least, you're going to get a subtle but very supportive fave of acknowledgement, which is I saw you and I don't feel like answering because I'm either hungover or busy. <laughs> I also want to thank Jenna Weiss-Berman and Eleanor Kagan. I don't. Uh, well, You know what? Fuck them. Oh. All right. Yeah, we're not going to thank him this week. We're not thanking Jenna Westberman or Eleanor Kagan. So, uh, goodbye. (laughs) Same time, same place next week. Same bat time, same bat channel, same bat podcast. (laughs) I just want Scumbag Steve to finger bang me on the side (laughs) of the Charles River. (laughs)